What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff Hillen with Selling Stories, where we discuss the struggles, successes, and life lessons learned through sales and in sales. Can you hear that? I think that might be the LinkedIn whisperer. Bryn Tillman, CEO of Social Sales Link and the Modern Banker. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm extremely excited to have you here on Selling Stories podcast. Bryn's great. She is going to give us some insights on social selling. Can you tell the listeners what does social selling mean to you and give some ideas of what they can do to start social selling? Yeah. I mean, I love that question. And really, you could ask 100 people this question and you get 101 answers. <laughs> but what social selling means to me is it's about building rapport, providing real value, developing trust and credibility by being a resource, understanding that the sales will come when the time is right. Is social selling concept somewhat new or how long have you been teaching it and how long people have been uh, using it? So I've been teaching it over 13 years. The gentleman by the name of Coca Sexton, who worked at LinkedIn, coined the phrase, and he was working with the Sales Navigator team during their launching period. And ultimately, it's really about selling in a social way. Social selling can be in person too. Hmm. It's about building relationships, talking with people and being a resource and being a value to that. It's not about, it's not a lead gen tool. You can talk about LinkedIn lead gen, but it's not mm -hmm. social selling. It's different. So, mm -hmm. I think when we talked, you discussed about a five-step framework for mastering LinkedIn social selling. Yeah. You give some insight in what that framework looks like and how you can tell a story about some of those topics and how they relate to people. Yeah. So, so the interesting thing, the five-step framework, one and two I've been playing with moving around. So I may be in a different order because okay. I'm trying this out. Cool. So num the number one is social listening. It used to be profile, but now we're doing social listening and there's a reason why. We want to understand who our buyers are. We want to understand what they care about. We want to understand who their clients are. And so before we even start to build our profile, we need to really get a hold on what's very important to them. Social listening should come first and we could do a deeper dive in that. I'll go through all five and then we okay. can come back. Yeah. Now, number two is developing a value centric profile, moving it from a, a resume to a resource and making sure that when people get to your profile, you're not just telling them how you can help them, but you're actually helping them. That's something I wanted to bring up real quick because that was absolutely something yeah. that you diagnosed on my LinkedIn profile, which was a problem. I think the way you phrased it was my profile would be good if I was looking to find a job, but yeah. not really uh, attracting somebody to work with me. It's funny because LinkedIn initially was only career driven, right? Like it was yeah. recruiting and finding jobs. It was a job platform. It's by nature and even by the way that the profiles laid out lends to being a resume. But if you're in business development, your buyer doesn't care about your achievements. They really care about how you can help them. Yeah, that's great. So that's number two. Number three is engage with insights. And this is a three-legged stool. This is about engaging on other people's content, curating and sharing content, and creating content. And you need to be doing all three. Okay. And we can 
do deeper dive into that. Number four is nurturing your network, taking inventory of the people we've been ignoring, identifying who they are and what kind of conversation we'd like to have with them and start the conversation. It's as simple as that. And we can talk about that many different ways to do that. Often content is a great way to start a conversation. Mm -hmm. And number five is warm market prospecting. This is all about getting referrals and permission to name drop through LinkedIn. So identifying who your client and your networking partner knows on LinkedIn through doing some searches, running the names by them and getting a few really uh, pertinent introductions and or permission to use their name when you reach out. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's take a deeper dive right off number one, because I think for for anything, and, and the reason why I had selling stories be the topic is it's easier for people to relate to a situation or a person. And so if we talk about those, I might ask you those questions and we can relate the topic to a specific situation, if that's okay. Yeah. So should I start with number one? Do you have let's a question or should I just No, dive? do it. Let's just dive. Let's just dive okay. in. Okay. So I'm I'm going to, for now, use my own stories versus client stories. That's fair. Social listening. I had an opportunity 13 years ago when I had just really started teaching LinkedIn. Aramark was looking for LinkedIn training. And I reached out and they basically said, you're too small. We're Aramark. We need a big company. Hmm. Well, I did some social listening and I'm like, who are they engaging with? What are they doing? I noticed they had um, just gone through challenger training. I noticed that Nicole Bradley, who was the person I was talking to, was connected to someone I'd worked with. So I reached out to our shared connection, and she happened to have been her marketing professor. She dropped my name and said, look, I'm not telling you to hire her, but you have to talk to her. And I got in, and I understood that they had just taken challenger training, so I did my research. And basically, they were looking for LinkedIn training to piggyback on the training they just had. And the fact that I had done all that social listening really gave me a preeminence in their eyes that even the big companies didn't have because I practiced what I was going to teach. When you go back to the concept of it's not what you know, it's who you know, I think part of it was just having to get to the right belief in that they trusted that what you knew was enough for them. Right. And right. you had somebody in a social circle, which was allowing you to say, no, she's legit, right? She, don't look at her resume. I'm backing that up. And, and you knew your stuff. Yeah. And another thing in social listening, and it doesn't stop at step one, social listening should weave its way through every step. When you get on a Zoom call, don't ever ask someone where they're from. Look at their LinkedIn profile and say, hey, I noticed you're from Columbus, Ohio. Do you know Joe Smith? No, not like that. But yeah. right when I got get on a call and I got on a call with another LinkedIn expert and the first question was, where are you from? And I thought, do you not look at the profile before? Like looking at a profile before you hop on a call, we often say two things in two minutes, location and something else a shared connection, piece of content they shared, a school they went to. It's rapport building. Let them know you spent the time to learn about them. I mean, you don't want to get too creepy. Hey, I noticed you have a cat and three dogs. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. But enough that they know you, you invested time before the call to learn about them. 
LinkedIn is a, a platform which allows people to share the information they want you to know about them. Unlike some of the Facebooks of the world or some personal things that maybe are a little more selective to people that are really in their inner circle, this is the platform which gives you that information. I mean, you can go and do your homework so that you're right. If I see that I'm a Shippensburg alumni grad, I just had a podcast episode with somebody that was a Shippensburg alumni grad. And I think part of the reason why he agreed to do the podcast, he's a CEO, is because I said, hey, man, I'm also a SHIP alumni grad. If I didn't do yeah. that, there's a good chance he probably just, it would have filtered into the air of all the messages he gets on a daily basis. So anyway, that's just something little that you brought up, which really does make a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. Profile. Profile. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is a scary one for me, but go ahead. Yeah. So the biggest mistake we make is we make it our resume. You know, we need to make sure that not only are we attracting and teaching and engaging our our buyers, but when they land on our profile, this is really, a, it's a landing page, right? And if we tell them how we can help them, they only half believe it. Mm-hmm. But if we actually share value and content, which makes them go, ooh, that's really interesting. And social selling actually has to hit five points to work. But if they land on, and, and, and that's also for content too, I'll save that for content. Okay. So if they land there and say, man, I learned so much from this profile, I can't imagine how good a conversation is going to be. We've now earned the right to get that conversation. How often are you wanting you, the people that you advise or the clients you're working with, how often do you want them to reevaluate that and say, hey, what do you think of the stuff that I'm putting out there? My profile, my information, is this relevant still? Should I be changing it? How often should somebody be analyzing it? Yeah. Uh, analyzing is a strong word if you've okay. stayed in the same position, but there are a few areas that you should keep up with. So one is your banner. Your LinkedIn banner should be like a billboard. You can use this if you have an event coming up, if you know you have a webinar or you have a new launch or something. It's a billboard. Use it. Mm-hmm. The second thing is your headshot. You need to look like you look. So you got on today and said, hey, you updated your headshot. Used to be redhead. Now you're blonde. Well, I needed to match that Mm -hmm. so that I looked like what people expected when they get here. The third thing is the URL, the call to action. So you can link right in the top of your profile section to a website, an ebook, an opt-in, a call to action to start to take them from LinkedIn into your email list or whatever that might be, that should be relevant and timely. Your featured section, this is where we're connecting content. That content should also be as up-to-date as possible. Those are the primary sections that we should continue to look at. You're, as long as nothing really changes, your about section, your experience, all of that it's pretty static, right? When Brynn and I got together on a LinkedIn live session, she went through and showed me how to put what we posted and and really show a very good video diagram of what she's talking about. So that's in my featured section. So anybody has the ability to go in there and get some really valuable and free content just based off oh. of what Brynn was willing to provide. So I would definitely recommend I that. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Number three to you. So So dive into that for me. So nurturing our connections. On average... Business people in sales or business development have over 2,000 connections. Hmm. 10% of them are people we should be having conversations with. 
So that's 200 people. We're out there getting net new conversations all the time, but we're ignoring our existing connections. So it's very important that we take inventory. Whether we export our connections into an Excel spreadsheet or potentially do a search to find our first degree connections, we need to look at who have we been ignoring. And typically clients, prospects, and referral partners take inventory, just start conversations. One of the best things that can happen from this, well, there's a lot of good things, but one of them is you can see where people have moved. I have a client, Michelle Vincent, who was in recruiting. And in May of 2020, imagine being in recruited in recruiting May of Tough 2020. Year. Tough year. Tough year, <laughs> except for Michelle. She actually placed manufacturing jobs. Everyone was laid off. She actually exported her connections and noticed an old client from a manufacturing company was now running facilities at a hospital, at a huge healthcare facility. Okay. And all of the manufacturing folks got jobs in in the hospitality where they were so shorthanded. Yeah. And, and she wrote me an email that says, thanks so much for paying the first year of my daughter's college with my commission. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, taking inventory is really important. LinkedIn tells us there is a 20% turnover year over year. That means one out of five of your connections every year is somewhere else. And when so, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask you for that reason, you mentioned keeping track of that and inventorying that. And that can be difficult for people that don't know where to start. So if the only thing I really have is my LinkedIn connections, would you have a first bit of advice to say, hey, if you only have the connections, like maybe you have a Rolodex of business cards sitting next to your desk and you also have your LinkedIn connections, what would be your first step to do the next thing that they need to, to accomplish? The first thing we need to do is connect with everyone we're having conversations okay. with. Great to have a conversation with you today. Let's stay in touch and connect on, pull out your business cards. Find them on LinkedIn and connect. Okay. Make sure that you're in real life folks are also on LinkedIn with you. Okay. So that's the first thing we need to do. The next thing we need to do is take inventory of those folks and not of the new ones, but yeah. start real conversations. These are all first degree connections. I like to send a video message on the mobile. Okay. Because people connect with you and there's a 90% response rate. Got it. Well, thank you for that. You mentioned like an Excel spreadsheet and the challenge is maybe having a good process to be able to say, when was the last time I reached out to Mary and saw how she was yeah. doing. So I think that was the question of just how okay. are you able to you need, have a system? You need pipe drive or CRM or you there need, you go. Yeah. yeah. Or you can do a little bit of it in sales navigator, but honestly, that's where you really need a good uh, system in place. Perfect. We'll leave that for a different topic for a different day, yeah. but I appreciate you highlighting that. We're talking about the regular aspect of connecting, but also maybe posting. So maybe the social media side of how often do you need to be engaging in content? I believe you should be engaging every day. You can ring the bell of people. You can follow hashtags. You can engage on collaborative articles that LinkedIn puts out there on topics that, are, that you are an expert in. But every day you should be engaging three to five times. Okay. Twice a week, you should be sharing content at a minimum. 
Now that can be many things. It could be curated from your company or a third party. It could be a poll that you're putting out. It could be an original quote. If it's going to be social selling content, it needs to resonate with your buyer, create curiosity, teach them something new that gets them thinking differently about their current situation and creates a compelling moment. That compelling moment moves them from lurker to engager. And if they're not engaging, we can't start a conversation with them. That's really good. Yeah. I, I wanted to highlight too, when I started a commitment to doing regular content, it was a little overwhelming for me because I was somebody that was probably more an observer than a, a creator. I and like I knew, that. yeah, I was a lurker. And I knew the only way for me to start making those meaningful, meaningful connections, especially when I started this podcast was to start the engagement on my end. People weren't just going to randomly message mm-hmm. me and be like, Hey, I saw your podcast on Spotify. Like, no, they didn't know I existed. And so I was starting to do that. And one of the tools that I felt that really helped me was a widget on LinkedIn. It's called Taplio. And all that does is allow me to preset scheduled times. So for me, it was really easy to wake up on Sunday morning and focus in and make five different points of uh, social media content and schedule it for each day at the same time. That became an easier schedule for me instead of waking up every morning going, oh my gosh, what am I going to say today? Because that was really hard and it was overwhelming. So Again, if you are going to jump into that, I would look for tools to make sure it's easier for you, not harder. Well, so I'll share with you, there's a native tool right in LinkedIn. You don't have to pay for anything. There's a scheduling tool that very few people know. If you go to post, there's a little teeny tiny clock at the bottom. When you click on that, you can schedule your post. So you don't have to pay for any tool. So you can chunkify your time, right? Put, Put maybe an hour a week where you're finding that content, sharing that content, and you're scheduling it. So that's perfect. Excellent. Now, when it comes to not only reaching out to other people, but maybe commenting or, or just putting ideas or thoughts on other people's content, how do you see the best people or the most success when people do that? Especially if it's at the end of the day, trying to engage with people that they want to build further relationships with the whole sell, social selling aspect. So if they've curated content and shared it, it's not their own original content. I'm going to comment thoughtfully and I'm going to engage and then I'm going to reach out with them one-on-one. If I'm not connected with them, I can either send an in-mail or a connection request, mm-hmm. right? So I could say, uh, Jeff, I really enjoyed the post that you put up or that Tony Robbins put out. I think he's absolutely fabulous. I'm not sure if you heard him on in the podcast a few weeks ago on this topic. If you're interested, let me know. I'm happy to send it. Or if, I, if you're interested, let's connect and I'll send it over. Yeah. So now you connect and, and I go to listennotes.com and I'll put in Tony Robbins and I'll listen to an episode and, and maybe I'll use that because you can actually search all of your connections that follow Tony Robbins. So now you have something you can share. But notice it's not, I'm not pitching my content. I'm having a normal conversation. Yeah. We need to treat the person on the other side of the message the same way we would if they were on the other side of the table. And that's really, really important. So start the conversation around what matters to them, not what you want to tell them. I, I saw, and I, I think you have this still as the one of the headline items is, you know, how can sales professionals start more trust-based conversations without being salesy, right? Is that kind of going to that tagline? Absolutely. Yeah. both into that for sure. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, you do a five. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Number Sorry, five. Sorry. Five. No, no. I want to hear number five. I forgot. I, listen, I can barely count to four. So we're at number five. I apologize. I could get to five. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I can. 
So number five is warm market referrals, right? So identifying who our clients know, our strategic referral partners, centers of influence, who do they know that meet our ideal criteria and having really just very quick conversations with them to review names and potentially get either introductions or permission to drop their name. And that is by far the fastest way to start a sales conversation at a high level of credibility. Do you find that once you make the connections on LinkedIn, or maybe you can do it other places too, but let's just focus on LinkedIn and you establish some sort of rapport, maybe it's just through the messaging system where somebody's collaborating with you back and forth. When do you find it appropriate to say, hey, can we jump on a call or hey, let's talk off this program? Because I, I do think, if, especially if you're going to ask somebody for something important, it's easier for me to ask him even in this setting or on the phone. So when do you find that to be an appropriate time to maybe get outside of just a LinkedIn messaging system? I hate to say it depends, but you have to feel it out. You yeah. have to know when it's right, just like you would in a networking meeting. But a lot of times it might, it could be your conversation and you say, I'm not sure if this is a priority for you, but I've got some insights I'd be happy to share with you. I've really enjoyed our back and forth. You mentioned something that sparked an idea for me, or maybe you have content that you've originated that you want to share. I'm not sure if this is an interest for you, but I recently put out an ebook uh, or my company did. If you're interested in that topic, let me know. I'm happy to send it over. If they say yes, they're interested. If they're like, yeah, that's not a topic I'm interested in, then let it go for now. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up too, because you said something earlier and I want to take a step back. When I started doing more social media posts and I started making more regular content, one thing that surprised me was how people viewed me because I didn't see it through the same lens. For instance, people started looking at me as somebody who was an expert marketer and I have an accounting degree and I've been in sales all my life. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it's just because I started putting content out on a regular basis and they started thinking of me as something that I didn't see in myself. So one thing yeah. that I would tell people is if you do decide to start getting more engaged in social selling is there's going to be people thinking of you in maybe ways you didn't think of it yourself. And you can then start reevaluating yourself and going, well, hey, I'm coming across this way to certain people. Maybe yeah. I should lean in on that and maybe I should focus on that. And maybe that is a strength that I didn't recognize in myself. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. One last question I wanted to ask you before I wanted to make sure people knew how to find you is these things keep changing, right? Just like you mentioned, LinkedIn evolved from a a way to find people on resumes to now people are using it in a whole different way. I think you've done some stuff on algorithms and changes. So what would advice would you give to people on just keeping up to date on what happens on something like LinkedIn and, and the changes that are happening? Follow these two people. Kevin D. Turner, because he is who keeps me up on okay. every new change and, and the rest of our, my, our colleagues. And Richard Vonderblum, who is absolutely the quintessential guru on the LinkedIn algorithm. So everything I know, I learned from him. Okay. So that's how I do it. Well, I can promise you when I replay this back, I'm writing that down. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I will write those two names down and make sure I follow and stay up to date with them. Yeah. And drop my name. Tell them I sent you. There you go. There you go. Well, Bryn, yeah, I wanted please. to make sure there's so much value that you can bring besides the topics we're talking today. Uh, I just wanted to make sure people understood like, who is your ideal client and how can people get in touch with you? We serve different clients in different ways. 
we have um, an e-learning self-paced on-demand course that comes with two coaching hours every week, group coaching every Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern and Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern, where our clients come on, they ask their questions. Number two, we sell corporate training and, and profile makeovers. And number three, we have really a a content agency where we work with thought leaders and interview them and create their content every month so that they're showing up as the thought leader that they are. That's great. And and I would say, again, with my interactions with Bryn, it's one thing to be able to take this and try to understand it, but you need to be able to have people that have super expertise on actually implementing it and guiding you through that. So Definitely reach out to Bryn. Uh, again, she is definitely on social media and LinkedIn, and she will respond to you, especially if you have a need. So Bryn, I really appreciate the time you took today to go through this awesome content and something that more people need to get engaged with if you aren't already. So thank you so much for doing it here on Selling Stories. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. This is Jeff Hillen with Bryn Tillman here on Selling Stories. Have a great day.